This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by the Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. A decade ago, a team of researchers in Spain named a new rare condition, Clapo syndrome, an acronym for capillary malformation of the lower lip, lymphatic malformation predominant on the face and neck, asymmetry, and partial or generalized overgrowth. Victor Martinez is a researcher in the Institute of Medical and Molecular Genetics at La Paz Hospital. Clapo syndrome was first described by our group in 2008 in six unrelated patients. And that was a, a clinical description because uh, all patients have uh, common clinical features that seems to stand for a specific phenotype. At the beginning, we thought, uh, of course, it was a rare vascular disorder and uh, was associated with uh, capillary malformations, lymphatic malformations, asymmetry, and uh, overgrowth. The team was describing the phenotype of the disease, but they didn't know a genetic link between the patients. But now, in a recent paper in Genetics and Medicine, the team did indeed find a genetic link in six of nine patients who have the disorder. Leslie Biesecker is a senior investigator at the National Human Genome Research Institute. He wrote a commentary on the results. So what this paper showed was that these patients have somatic mosaic alterations in a gene called PIK3CA, which is a signaling uh, molecule important for growth regulation. And they have parts of their bodies have this activating mutation, which caused them to overgrow. And it is the presence of this alteration or variant in those affected tissues that gives them the patchy, uh, segmental, or mosaic uh, clinical phenotype that they have. There are some immediate implications for people who have been diagnosed with PIK3CA mutations. For example, says Dr. Martinez, perhaps doctors will be able to avoid unnecessary biopsies. You most of the time need an affected tissue to perform the analysis, but if we increase enough the capacity of uh, detecting low mosaics, we maybe in some patients can detect the mutations in blood or saliva. There's another potential immediate benefit to understanding the genetic link among these patients, according to Dr. Biesecker. In this particular case for PIK3CA, it turns out that this is the exact same gene and in fact, some of the exact same genetic variants in this gene are present in these kids with Clapo syndrome or other PIK3CA-related overgrowth spectrums as are seen in cancers. And so the same drugs that can be useful for cancers that may have PIK3CA mutations in them may be useful to slow down the overgrowth or perhaps even reverse the overgrowth in kids with PIK3CA-related overgrowth spectrum disorders. But there's a bigger picture implication. Dr. Biesecker was part of a team that identified what was thought to be a different overgrowth syndrome known as CLOVES. Now it's clear that both are actually linked by variants in the PIK3CA gene. And what we've come to learn is that there is an enormous uh, spectrum of different mixes of tissues that this alteration can be present in. And depending on which tissues and which cells have the
the variant determines which parts of the body uh, will overgrow. And those different combinations are simply due to where that variant is in the body. He says this has bigger implications for the field than simply a deeper understanding of this particular syndrome. What we should start doing is thinking about these diseases as much by their molecular attributes as to how the patients uh, manifest those diseases or their phenotype. And the exciting and important thing about this is that we need to start thinking about them that way because our approach to treatment will be organized by their molecular attributes. And so it matters more that a patient has a gain-of-function mutation in PIK3CA than it matters what you call that disorder when you're trying to decide how to treat it, because it may be that the treatment decision is going to be based primarily or in some cases solely on the molecular attribute rather than the patient's phenotype. That said, neither researcher believes that phenotypic descriptions should be thrown out altogether once the genotype is understood. As CLAPO and PROS are caused by somatic mutations in the same gene and uh, have overlapping phenotypic features, we postulated that PLAPO syndrome might be included into the PROS spectrum. But of course, this is when the question arises as to whether or not it is appropriate to maintain the original name of these syndromes. And for us, the answer is that we believe that sharing a common mutated gene does not make their formerly phenotypic classification obsolete since it has clinical implications and is still useful for clinicians to recognize associated anomalies early in life. For sure, we need new classification systems that can incorporate both the clinical expression and the molecular cause, but always thinking that this should be useful for the patient. When I say that we're beginning to shift towards uh, a molecular uh, taxonomy or a molecularly focused uh, approach to categorizing diseases, that is probably a bit of an overstatement because, of course, physicians will never ignore phenotype and diagnose patients solely by genotype. It, it has to be a combination of the two. And what we have to begin doing, therefore, is to consider these two attributes, the phenotype and the molecular uh, findings, as two equally important attributes in the patient's disease. And so it wouldn't be appropriate to say that a patient has just Kleipo syndrome because it may turn out that Kleipo syndrome can be due to alterations in more than just PIK3CA. So what we have to do is recognize that both things are really equally important and think about them simultaneously along the lines of saying a patient has PIK3CA-related Kleipo uh, uh, syndrome or a patient has a lung cancer that has a PIK3CA mutation in it. And that way we can think about the patient with both attributes simultaneously in order to consider both phenotype and genotype in our diagnosis and in our management. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by the Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.